0: And I echo uh, Premier McNeil's remarks. My thoughts are also with everyone uh, grieving the loss of the the individuals who passed away in the last couple of days at Northwood. We now have 48 Nova Scotians who have died due to COVID-19 and that continues to be a a reminder of how serious this disease can be and why we all need to uh, uh, work together to protect those most vulnerable in our communities. Today I am reporting one new case of COVID-19, which brings the total number of uh, cases, uh, confirmed cases in Nova Scotia to 1,020. We have had a few good days in the past week uh, with low numbers, and that is good news. But I wanna caution everyone to, to, against reading too much into any single day or any few days. Um, we are in a long-term situation and we need to have sustained changes before we can make definitive conclusions. Yesterday, the QE2 lab processed 427 tests. Uh, today, we have nine individuals in hospital, four of those in the ICU. Uh, We have 864 Nova Scotians who can be uh, considered recovered from COVID-19. We have 34,204 people now have been tested and and had negative results. We have three licensed uh, long-term care homes and unlicensed seniors facilities with active cases of COVID-19. Northwood in uh, Halifax campus has 157 residents and eight staff with active cases. One other facility has a a single staff member with an active case, and a third facility has one resident with an active case. Um, Again, while it's good news that our new case count is trending in the direction we want to, uh, we can't make definitive conclusions yet, and we all must remain vigilant. It's important that we continue to have Nova Scotians who have symptoms that could be COVID-19 come forward and and be tested very early on so we can do appropriate public health follow-up as necessary. So anyone who has two or more of fever, new or worsening cough, sore throat, runny nose or headache, uh, we ask people to contact 811 if you're able to do the online assessment. If you don't have uh, online access, then calling 811 directly and you'll get further assessment and direction uh, from 811. I know we've had questions about today's numbers and the difference between active cases uh, provincially and the active cases in long-term care, Uh, specifically people questioning why uh, the the provincial number is lower when in fact it should be higher. I I want to just explain that for, for people. In the last 24 hours, public health has worked very hard to resolve a large number of cases and move them from the active category to the recovered category. Uh, unfortunately, we're in the situation where our long-term care data comes from different, a different data source uh, than the public health panorama program and is on a different timeline. So that same work has not yet been able to, to be done with specifically with that long-term care data data source. We are working hard uh, between long-term care and, and public health to make sure that two data s- systems uh, become more consistent and, and resolve this issue. Um, and so that work is underway right now. So that, that, that is the explanation. But if people are looking for the source of truth, the true number and the number, number of active cases is the provincial number, not the long-term care number, which lags behind uh, for the reasons that I, that I specified. As Premier McNeil said, this week is National Nursing Week. And I do want to take a moment to acknowledge and thank all the nurses in our province for everything they do. Nurses work in many environments, in hospitals, schools, long-term care, and public health, at post-secondary institutions and other, uh, other places, uh, often with our most vulnerable, and their contributions to the health care system cannot be overstated. So, so for, from me and from the premier, thank you for, to each and every nurse in Nova Scotia for the work that you do every day uh, looking after all Nova Scotians and our health care needs. And I now want to turn to uh, some of follow up on some of the communication around schools. that I know parents and students have many questions uh, about accessing their belongings that were left behind in, 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 when schools were closed. Uh, and then now that we've announced that uh, the school year will end on, on June the 5th, but it will be virtual learning up until then. Beginning the week of May 25th, a single student or family member will be able to access their local school by appointment. Uh, staff in uh, my office are giving public health advice to the Department of e- Early of Education and Early Childhood Development uh, around this process to ensure that it can be done uh, safely. Uh, access to schools will be by appointment to ensure that we can respect the, the, the public health principles of social distancing uh, and limited numbers. Uh, Uh, the school system schools the education centers regional centers for education will be in touch with students and families in the near future for more details around how to make appointments Uh, we wanted to make sure families were aware that the steps will be put in place where you can retrieve uh, your or students can go and retrieve their own uh, uh, materials uh, from the schools I want to end by talking about growing growing information around the link between the smoking, vaping, and COVID-19. Uh, yesterday, the World Health Organization issued a statement about smoking and COVID-19. And it's important that we understand that this evolving evidence. Um, certainly, we know COVID-19 is, is an infection of the lungs. It's a respiratory disease. Smoking and vaping are well-known risk factors for a broad range of, of, of respiratory uh, uh conditions and illnesses. We now have evidence, these studies uh, that have been brought together and examined by the World Health Organization uh, now find that smokers are more likely to develop uh, severe COVID 19 disease when compared to non smokers. Um, that's because of the direct links with smoking, uh, the harms on the respiratory system, but smoking also has negative impacts on our immune systems, uh, increases the risk of, uh, of, of other diseases which create vulnerabilities for COVID 19, such as as diabetes heart disease and cancer uh, so all of those diseases put people at, at, at uh, increased risk for developing uh, uh, severe uh, COVID-19 disease uh, quite simply smoking and vaping um, may not only uh, in addition put you at greater risk they may wor- worsening the symptoms if you do contract COVID-19 they certainly will uh, impede somebody's ability to uh, recover or recover successfully or fully. Since COVID-19 and we know is going to be with us for a while, uh, my message today is that if you smoke or vape, uh, it it could be impacting. It certainly will be impacting your health, and also putting you at increased risk for severe uh, illness uh, and 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 poor outcomes if you do get COVID-19. So I want to make sure people are aware that if they smoke or vape, that there are resources to help them with this. You can talk with your doctor, pharmacist, or other healthcare provider. Calling 811, uh, uh, it can connect you with services and supports for that help to uh, quit uh, smoking or vaping. Uh, Tobacco-Free Nova Scotia's website at tobaccofree.novascotia.ca also has a lot of resources there. Uh, it's important that people uh, understand this and if they are in a place where they're ready to consider quitting smoking or vaping or even reducing their use of those products that they reach out uh, for help. Now is the time to do it if, if, if you're in that position.